Welcome to Boolean Review Podcast, where the highest rated dentists in the country tell us exactly how they do it. Thank you, everybody, for joining us on another episode of the Boolean Review Podcast. Hopefully, some of you are starting to find us on Instagram and engaging with our content there. You can also find us online at BooleanReview.com. And in addition to that, we've also started a new series that we're calling Boolean Basics. And it is within this same podcast. If you look at the titles of any of the episodes, you will see a basics uh, and then some phrase or, or question afterwards. The purpose of those episodes are bite-sized chunks of these longer interviews that you can take and use with your staff. So if you don't have time to listen to an hour-long episode that dives into every single detail that a dentist has used um, in growing their practice, you can just jump straight to these basics and answer, you know, get the and get the answer to the specific question that you need answered. Today, I am interviewing Dr. Sam Jethwa, who is a full member of the British Academy of Cosmetic Dentistry and also the American Academy of Cosmetic Dentistry. He currently sits on the Education Committee and is the chair of the Young Membership Committee for the BACD. And his involvement in the BACD is what allows him to remain at the forefront of minimally invasive cosmetic dentistry while still providing exceptional results. He's an award-winning dentist, and he is also a member of the Royal College of Surgeons of Edinburgh. And he is running a pretty amazing clinic over in the UK, and you will hear him talk about that shortly. But the two notable things that at least what attracted us to um, interview Dr. Sam Jethwa is that on Instagram, Dr. Sam Jethwa has amassed about 12,800 followers. And on the website Trustpilot, which is a big review site over in the UK, his office has over 290 reviews. So um, things are slightly different as far as the platforms that people turn to in the UK. Um, Trustpilot being a, a big player in the game, which is not really a, a factor in the US. But the thing that's notable about this conversation is the process and the culture that Dr. Sam Jethwa has instilled in his office um, all the way down to keeping in mind what type of music patients like to listen to, what they like to drink, and just paying attention to every detail to provide the absolute best patient experience. So hopefully you enjoy this episode. And I did want to answer one question that we just had Vanessa Gill uh, from France actually uh, reach out to us and ask us. We do work with offices internationally. Our system is able to send text messages um, to cell phones in other countries. We at least have not run into any issues yet. We actually have an oral surgeon in Cyprus that uses our software currently, and it looks like we may be working with an office in Australia. So if you work in or if you own an office in a different country, uh, definitely still reach out to us. We'd be happy to discuss uh, what it is that our system does and how that works. Um, but in the meantime, if you're here for the tips and tricks, uh, we'll jump into this episode with Dr. Sam Jethwa. Thank you, everybody, for joining us on another episode of Boolean Review. Today, I am with Dr. Sam Jethwa uh, from London. Thank you for coming in uh, all the way across the globe, Dr. Jethwa. No, thank you for having me. Um, so yeah, the, the purpose of this podcast, um, and the reason that our company decided to start putting this out was because, um, we, we wanted to talk about, 
uh, reviews and in a very neutral way. We do have a review system, obviously, but um, I was just talking to a dentist uh, yesterday who was considering being on the podcast, but they didn't use the Boolean software. And I think that's that's one of the things that we're really striving for is I, we are very transparent. We don't do any editing on this podcast, and we just want to uncover what works um, in the various locations around the world um, to actually garner a lot of reviews for your business. And that doesn't necessarily mean on Google specifically or Facebook or even Yelp. But another piece of this that I feel like is tied in is um, using social media um, to validate or give credibility to the service that you're providing. Um, and so Dr. Jethwa is someone that I connected with on Instagram, um, and he has quite an Instagram following. And so we're just going to chat about that today. Um, do you have any... Um, why don't you just give an opening uh, background on who you are, Dr. Jethwa? And um, I am pronouncing that correct, right? You are, yeah. Yeah, well done. Yeah, so just tell us a little bit about yourself. So, um, well, what I do generally is I'm a cosmetic dentist. I practice in London and surrounding areas. And over the past few years, have really kind of focused my dentistry in one specific area that I kind of feel is my kind of calling and sort of become an obsession of mine. Um, I am one of the directors at the British, British Academy of Cosmetic Dentistry. Uh, and so that's all about educating and kind of growing cosmetic dentistry within, within the UK and Europe. Um, so on a day-to-day -day basis, I'm in practice. Uh, I run uh, courses in education as well. So um, there's, a, there's a fair bit um, that, that goes on. Um, but ultimately, it's all within and around kind of cosmetic dentistry. One of the things that I'm interested about in the UK is just tell me a little bit about reviews. Um, and I guess maybe you may or may not have really good insight into the review culture in the various parts of the US. But tell me about reviews in the UK and like what major platforms consumers are turning to. Um, when they're making decisions on where to go? Yeah, I think when it comes to reviews, for me, a review is essentially um, a really big opportunity. Um, so you can think of reviews in two ways. You can think of them as a way that maybe potentially patients will vent if they're not happy, or it could be an opportunity for you to demonstrate how you know happy your patients might be. So... I think with um, reviews, maybe 10, 15, maybe 20 years ago, when patients were being recommended a dentist, they would ask a friend or a friend who's happy uh, might recommend uh, their dentist to their friend. So, you know, that word of mouth uh, kind of review process was already in existence. Uh, and that friend might tell two or three friends, maybe one or two might come in if you're lucky uh, to see you. But with reviews, essentially, that's taken that word of mouth uh, process and put it online for an, a limitless number of people to see. So for me, that that's the biggest thing. The opportunity there is huge. Um, instead of that bringing in potentially two or three patients, maybe that might bring in um, 10, 15, 20. It's literally limitless. So to basically have the power of that word of mouth marketing, which we all know is the strongest type of marketing, then uh, be put online on an online platform 
that is um, you know a huge huge opportunity. Um, that's basically what I well, how I kind of look at reviews and how I think about reviews. Um, rather than thinking of the review itself, it's just uh, another opportunity to um, get that word of mouth marketing out there. Mm. And in the UK, what specific platforms is is Google the um, just as um, popular in uh, the UK as the US? Google is popular. We have some other sites like Trustpilot, which is um, probably the the most used review site. Is the one we use the most. Um, then there is Yelp, but that's actually quite a small thing. We don't tend to generally use Yelp very much. Um, we do have Google uh, reviews as well, but also Facebook reviews. So people write Facebook reviews. Um, and then reviews can also be in the form of a video or a testimonial or something like that for your website or social media too. Right, right. Yeah, I'm looking. So on Trustpilot, you guys have 291 reviews. Um, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. How long have you guys been working on, um, and I, working on maybe is the, may or may not be the right term, but how long yeah. has this been kind of a focus for you guys? You know, um, the thing is, is with reviews, it's to me, it's um, it's a sign that we're doing the right thing. So if we just focus on doing the right thing, then and doing it the right way, achieving our patients' goals, and, and you know, in our in our case, because of what we do, that means giving them their perfect smile, their dream smile, that kind of thing. Then we always want to hear feedback on that. And maybe previously we would ask them to write something for us to say how happy they feel, or maybe record something. Um, now we would say, you know, um, you, you've just said how happy you are, how pleased you are, and how much this has changed your life. And these sound like dramatic things, but this is what we hear on a daily basis. Um, we're lucky enough to be able to do that sort of thing. So if we hear that kind of thing, we will just ask our patient to say, you know, could you, could you maybe put a review up saying that? Um, we'd really appreciate it. Um, and that process um, has been there in our ethos is from the beginning. Um, you know, it's to make the patient as happy as they can possibly be. And the review will just kind of be an offshoot of that. We don't tend to particularly try or have targets for reviews. We have targets for happy patients, meaning 100%. So if we have those patients in our practice, um, it becomes very, very easy to then ask them to, to just repeat what they've just told us on a review. Um, and, and then it's just grown in that way. Hmm. And that's, so <clears throat> diving a little bit, you kind of are touching on this, but are you saying that you basically just w look for opportunities with when patients compliment you and then you try and steer those towards reviews? Is that correct? Yes, exactly. Exactly. I mean, look, the thing is, ideally we would all want a positive review from every patient. Um, and we don't want negative reviews and that kind of thing. Um, but if we take the focus away from the review um, and we just put it into getting the right result for that patient and making that patient happy, then the whole process of worrying about how you're going to ask for the review or um, when you're going to ask for it, it becomes uh, much more fluid. It becomes much more easy. And all the staff are, you know, they're trained to be able to spot the right moment. So, for example, the patient is literally telling us how happy they are and the staff will ask at that point for, for a review. So it, it's much less prescribed. It's much more easy to ask for reviews um, when the kind of conversation is flowing in that way. 
um, rather than um, you know, going about it and, and being slightly more uh, formal about asking for the review. So yeah, we, we have, by the time the patients have kind of had their smile created and, and, and they've spent a bit of time with us, the relationship is there. You know, we've got a relationship with them. They've got a relationship with my staff. And that's when um, it becomes quite quite easy to to then actually just ask for for a review, um, and it's just very much uh, fluid rather than very yeah yeah. Strict. I I really like that because um, or that's just good validation to hear because one of the things that we preach all the time is the the person that should um, ask for the review, and I I even feel like asking when we say who's asking for the review that even sounds more pushy than it needs to be but the yeah. person that engages in that review conversation should be the person that spends the most time with the patient so that could yeah. be the doctor or it could be an assistant or a hygienist but generally it's not the person at the front desk like for example with what you're saying if a patient has a fantastic um, experience. They've come in multiple times and they're spending a significant amount of time with somebody. There's already, like you're saying, a relationship or rapport built. And so when a compliment is brought up or someone says, you know, oh my gosh, I love how what your studio looks like, or I really appreciate how quickly you're able to see me. That's yeah. a an awesome opportunity if the staff is trained and prepared to say, you know, that's really, we, I really appreciate hearing that because we really put a lot of focus on trying to be the best and, you know, providing excellent patient experience. Do you think there's any way that you'd be interested in kind of sharing what you just told me online? And that right there is like every office that I talk to that has hundreds of reviews, they've mastered that and they've got their staff involved to do that. Um, so yeah, I just think that that's a, that is the key is to not look at it as like, we're, you know, we're in this relationship and things are great. And then all of a sudden I stop and say, so Dr. Jethro, I need to talk to you about, um, leaving a review for us. <laughs> you know, it's like, it doesn't need to be, it doesn't need to change anything. It just needs to be a natural, like, Hey, would you mind helping other people make a good decision on where to go, you know, for their, um, dental services? Yeah, Absolutely. Um, what is the, um, the culture in your office Is your, would you say that your staff, is this something that has evolved as it, as far as reviews go, or was there like a period of time where you had to, uh, really focus or talk about reviews or educate the staff on, on, you know, reviews are a good thing. It's not, um, we're not selling or like asking um, the patients really. We're just trying to help the patients. Uh, like, how how did that conversation go? I think the the main thing is it's always been there within our practice to try and do the best possible, give the best possible result, the best possible smile, the happiest possible patient. So that has always been there. So we've always every staff member that's been there for a period of time will feel that. And then they become invested in giving that patient every possible opportunity to be uh, impressed. And because we work in that way, it becomes actually just very easy to just get the feedback from the patients um, because they're actually impressed. So they will tell us um, when we have new members of staff, uh, we kind of focus more on instilling that kind of thing. So, you know, this is what we want every patient to experience at this when they come and see us. And we focus more on that 
then we focus on the review side of things. So once the, the member of staff has got to the level where they're delivering consistently a high level of, an, of experience at our practice, which is exactly what we want, then we would start to say, okay, next time somebody compliments us on this, maybe you just ask for a review. Um, and that then uh, is probably the easiest way of, of doing it without it being uh, difficult for the staff member. Um, but, you know, we do keep on top of things uh, like we do with anything. You know, if, um, if we have uh, a situation where the reviews have um, died down, maybe the team is uh, busy on other things, uh, or potentially the other thing is complacency. You know, we've got 200 and something reviews. Do we need any more? Um, and the answer is, of course, yes, we need our word of mouth to continue to spread. So that sort of situation can occur in any team, uh, and whether it's reviews or whether it's something else. So it's important that on a, like a weekly basis, we basically touch based on all the things that we want to achieve for that week. So we say, look, we've got these patients in. Each one of these patients needs to be absolutely happy when they leave with their new smile. And um, how are we going to achieve that? So our team will give us um, give us their opinion on what they're going to do to make sure that experience is as good as it can be for each patient. Um, and then that will, that will translate into review. So complacency is something that when you have a team that is, um, that is high achieving, sometimes that can actually occur. And I think that's our biggest um, hurdle rather than actually the initial training part, because um, that is just kind of something that, that happens once a new member of staff gets uh, what we're all about. Mm, I think that's a, some wise or an interesting thing to focus on. Are you, what is your cadence for weekly or daily meetings? Do you guys do like the daily stand up or daily huddles in addition to a weekly or monthly meeting? Yeah. I mean, the, 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 it's so important that every day the plan for that day is uh, set out. So, you know, we're talking about um, who's in that day. Um, what is important to those patients? Um, because by you know we have we know these patients by now, so we know that certain things are important. There's certain music certain patients like. There's certain drink certain patients like. Um, you know, certain coffee someone wants to drink, uh, uh, or some we have two waiting rooms. Maybe there's a certain room that patient wants to sit in. So it's it's really getting to know these patients more than just being a patient. So we we would kind of you become friends with these with with our patients after a while and our team becomes friends with them and that is then trying to create kind of the five star uh, experience for them um and it's all set out on a daily meeting so uh, the team would get together uh, and they'd go through the list and they would try to ensure that everything is done to make the experience as good as it can be that's number one number two is we have our weekly meeting so a weekly meeting just to recap to see how things have gone uh, for that week. Was there anything we missed? Was there anything we should have done better? What did we do do well this week? And then we can build on that. And then it allows us to just continually uh, improve. Uh, and I think that is really, really important. But not only does that help our patients, but it helps our team because that means that there is, there, there is always an investment in doing uh, the right thing because nothing makes you feel good about uh, yourself uh, if you've you know, you really achieved something. Um, if you've set out to achieve something and you've achieved it, that's going to give you a huge amount of reward. Um, and so that, that's the kind of ethos that we want to instill. That's so, 
Did I hear you correctly say that you guys are focused on what type, like what the patient wants to drink and what music they want to listen yeah. to? It's as small details as that, you know, because wow. in, a, in, a, in a dental practice, patients don't want to be there. Um, you know, they want to be in and out. They don't like the dentist. So we need to make this experience as far away from um, uh, the Traditional dentist. Traditional dentist, yeah. Yeah. So we need to make it comfortable. Uh, we need to make them feel almost at home. Um, and that is, you know, comes down to kind of calming people's nerves if they're nervous, that sort of thing. Um, and these kind of little, little details really, really can help. So it's focusing on the minutia, but they're so small for us, but for our clients, that's actually a big deal. And how, so you, you're a cosmetic dentist. Do you have, um, like hygiene, um, patients as well, or do you just yeah. partner or work with a lot of other dentists, um, that then refer their cases to you when they need so more have, cosmetic? Um, we've got a team, um, in our practice. So it's myself. And then we have, um, uh, an implant guy, surgeon. We have, um, people to do the braces and orthodontics. We have specialists. So the gum, uh, periodontists, endodontists, um, and, then we have our hygiene uh, as well. So we kind of cover all bases within, within one roof. Um, because most of the time we need, we just need to make this process as seamless for the patients as possible. Uh, and you know, sometimes there's a time deadline and we need to get things turned around really, really quickly um, from initial situation to a new smile. You know, sometimes it's a week or sometimes it's two weeks, but until you assess the patient, you don't know who they're going to need to see in between. So, you know, we need that. We need that to be in in house, and and um, and and that's really important as well. Wow, that's where did they, I just am amazed at the level of detail that you guys are. It's almost I want to say it's kind of like an Apple uh, experience or something. Um, where had, had you heard, or did these this idea of um, you know just going a little bit going the extra mile than I would say the traditional dentist does? Where did this um, it's like, I feel like I've heard of patient experience and people talk about patient experience, but I don't know if I've ever talked to a dentist that is going that, um, specific to really address things. Like I, I feel like sometimes, um, people talk about, you know, we need to make sure we're very nice when we greet them or whatever, but I've never been to a dental office that has said, you know, you know, Hey, what, what can I get you something to drink be, besides like water or whatever, um, mm. but where, where did that idea come from or how, how have you, how has this grown? Have you seen other dentists do this? I think, you know, for me, when I decided to do dentistry, it was because I became obsessed with the ability to make some kind of positive change in a kind of cosmetic way, because sometimes that, that is what somebody needs to that for their confidence and, and for their professional life and that sort of thing. It's a real life changing thing. So I've always been obsessed with that kind of thing and I, and wanting to be the best in our, in our category. So, and that I think comes hand in hand with the overall outside of the dental chair experience. Like, yeah, they know they're going to get the best smile. They know they're going to get the top quality materials and, and, the most trained dentists seeing them. But that alone is not enough because those patients will demand also 
um, an experience outside of the dental chair that is more than more than the average. So it wouldn't be uh, it wouldn't satisfy me um, to provide our patients with the best clinical experience, but um, a really average um, outer, outside clinical experience. So it has to marry up. Both have got to be at the same level. Um, and that is just, um, it seems obvious to me that that's where we need to be. You know, if we want to be the best in our category for um, smile design, smile makeovers and cosmetic dentistry, then we need to be the best in our class for the experience as well. So um, I think it just goes hand in hand, you know, and that, that's what I'd say really. Right. As far as the uh, process and uh, whatnot for using reviews, do you guys use any software? That's one of the questions we get asked all the time when people are trying to um, increase the number of reviews. Um, there are, I know that there are various systems out there, uh, Boolean being one, but do you guys use um, anything to make it easier for the patient to leave a review when they're asked? So what we, what we have is we have our back end of our um, review site, which allows us to send out a link. So if we send out a link to the patient, they can just follow that link and they can write the review quite easily. And that's um, for Trustpilot? That's for Trustpilot. Um, it, it becomes a little bit harder to do that um, with other platforms. Um, so if a platform you're using has that ability, that becomes a lot easier. Um, because it just takes a, the hassle out of out of the process for the patient. Right. Um, right. The other thing, um, and that that's the only software really that we use. We don't ask our patients to write us a review there and then in the clinic because I know that that is something that um, other other practices I've heard do. Um, they have a computer set up and it's already logged in and they can write their review. Um, I, I don't think that's something I would I would want to I would want to do at my practice, but um, the link sending out the link definitely helps. Right, and save them time. That's one of the things yeah. that we found is the main reason. There are three primary reasons that patients aren't leaving reviews for practices, and the first one is that they're not even aware that it would be a, a helpful thing. Um, meaning yeah. that they're not being asked. So that's number one: is you had to you have yeah. to bring up the topic. And then the second one is they don't know how to leave a review. So sometimes a patient will say, I'd be happy to, and then they go home to do it and it's too complicated. Or the third yeah. reason is that it takes too long. Um, so if you address those three, I've seen practices, um, you know, just by simply a simple conversation, ask for the review and then send them a link like you're saying. And that mm -hmm. immediately takes it from a five-minute process to leave a review to now a few seconds for me to leave a review for yeah. you. So I think that's huge. Um, exactly. And then um, one of the things that so I don't know if you can just I'm sure there I'm sure there's a lot of different factors, but for the average uh, case, are what what is the um, for like a a smile makeover? What's the price tag associated with that? And I have a reason for asking this. I'm just curious um, what that, in your practice, is the average person that's getting a, like a full cosmetic case? Is this like 5,000, 10,000? What's the, what's the range on this? You know, it will depend on, um, it will depend on so many factors. So what we always will do is we tend to we'll assess the patient. We'll find out exactly what their concerns are. We want to address their concerns. We don't want to address 
things unnecessarily. Um, and it's all about minimal dentistry and maximum results. So, um, you know, we'll go through with them what their goals are and exactly what we want to achieve. And then we'll figure out an, a, a treatment plan. So things can range from, you know, 2,000 uh, pounds to uh, 30,000 pounds, depending on um, exactly what it is we're trying to achieve, um, how, how complicated it might be if there are there is some surgery involved, if there's implants, if it's just veneers, if it's, if it's um, you know, if there's a wear case, it's just a, a bit more, a bit more effort. So, um, you know, it really, really is a big range. Right. And so that's a perfect answer that I was looking for. And the follow-up to that is I've talked to dentists that are not currently focusing on reviews and they just have a very hard time of believing or agreeing that patients like they, I guess I should say the thought process of many dentists is that, well, obviously a consumer is going to look up a review when they're going to a restaurant or to a movie, you know, that's like a, a relatively small investment that they're making, but they refuse to admit or believe that patients are looking for looking at reviews for big procedures, you know, $20,000, $30,000 procedures, reviews play a significant impact in the decision that that patient's making. Um, and I guess I'm, I'm saying that because that's what I believe. Do you agree with that? Or have you seen that to be true in your own business that a patient that is doing a, you know, a relatively large case has either mentioned or you, you have become aware that they picked you because of your, you know, track wet record, um, of, because of reviews. Okay. So what I, what I think about this is that if I was myself thinking of spending a, a significant amount of money on something, uh, cosmetic, something aesthetic, something to do with my body, something to do with my health, something to do with the way I look, then I'm probably going to trust a friend or someone who who has already had the experience with a certain doctor or a certain clinic or whatever it might be more than I'll trust a website more than I'll trust um, uh, any kind of marketing material so a review for me like I said earlier is just a word-of-mouth review a genuine person sharing their word of mouth and their recommendation to the online community. So to me, there is no stronger recommendation than word of mouth and a review is just word of mouth. Uh, so I can't think of anything more significant than actually a review for somebody who is wanting to spend a significant amount of money somewhere. If you want to spend a small amount of money somewhere, you're probably not going to bother researching as much or looking at reviews or asking your friends and family as much because it's not as mm. important to you. So right. to me, it's actually the other way around. So these dentists or doctors who are saying that it doesn't matter, um, I would ask them uh, if, if, they, if their patients are looking at reviews for small things and I would ask them why. Um, right, exactly. Uh, it's more important to choose the right person to see you when you're making an investment of that kind of size. Yeah, yeah, I agree. 
And I think that the other, the thing that's interesting or that review sites allow patients to do quickly and easily is to aggregate, you know, hundreds of people that they may not know, but especially when it is on a trusted platform such as Google or Yelp or something where the they have worked very hard to be perceived very highly in the consumer mind. I, I for sure, like if an office has, um, excuse me, if an office has, you know, 10 or 15 reviews to me, I think well, that could easily have been their staff, their friends and their parents <laughs> that reviewed the business. But if an office has several hundred reviews, I know that on Google, you can't create fake accounts um, very easily. Um, you can't fabricate reviews and you it's very difficult to when you're talking about that many um, that the quantity starts speaking very loudly as well. You always want to have a good quality score, but you do need quantity as well. And I definitely agree with you that um, if someone is researching, you know, the $15 meal that they're going to eat later, why would they not spend time? looking at how, how I'm going to spend my 15,000, you know, it's just logical. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. I mean, reviews are, are important on so many fronts, but something that I think is really quite key is apart from the fact that it's allowing you to kind of spread the word about yourself and your ethos and what you're all about, you know, I want patients to come and see me who get me and who want to have that kind of Sam Jethwa smile and, and that kind of thing that they that they really want. So I want to I want other patients to share their experience so that we get we were able to deliver um, you know the same thing again and again and again. Um, and it's an obsession of mine. You know, if I don't have a smile um, patient booked in, uh, I, I start to kind of you know get really frustrated. It's it's like I have to have it all the time. So you know, that, that's going to fill your book and it's going to keep you um, happy doing what you want to do. But the other thing is dentistry can be a little bit lonely. Um, you, you generally will be working with your one assistant, um, depending on how your practice or your office is set up. Uh, we, we have a big team and, and it's not so lonely, but for I think for most practitioners, you're with your one assistant and, and your patient and it's you. Um, and, you know, it's about getting the patient in and then getting the patient out and that sort of thing. Um, and so when you um, really put your all into trying to create something for that patient or for that client and you're really you'll be obsessing over this over this uh, treatment for this patient trying to get it right trying to get it as, as good as you possibly can um, and you're putting your all into it it's just quite nice to hear and especially online that someone appreciated it and that makes you feel good and that can take a little bit of that loneliness away um, and actually kind of fuel you to do more of that sort of treatment or um, do even better for another patient next time or something like that. So it's even personal kind of validation for the, for the dentist. If you're getting good reviews, it makes you feel good and you can leave the office that day and you can feel like, you know what, that, that's actually so nice to hear that. Um, and it makes you feel good. And I think it takes a little bit of the loneliness away. Um, from dentistry because you can sometimes feel a bit unappreciated. Mm. Um, and I think and that's a big, big power. The interesting follow-up to me is I definitely can see what you're saying there as far as getting complimented. <coughs> Sorry. 
excuse me. Um, I can definitely see the, um, the benefit of being complimented and how that makes you feel. That's I, and I think that is contrasted nicely with, I feel like dentists have a much more difficult time re receiving a negative review than say a restaurant, because if I review, if I give you a one-star review as Dr. Sam Jethwa, that feels a little bit more personal than me leaving a one-star review on the dinner that I was served at a particular restaurant. And the owner of that restaurant probably isn't going to take it as hard as a dentist would. Do you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, totally agree. <clears throat> you take things, I think whenever you're in a kind of <clears throat> providing a service kind of um, uh, profession, because you, you always want to, do your best. Um, if you get a negative review, you will take that personally and your team will take that personally. And you absolutely should, uh, because that then allows you to kind of get better, improve and try and avoid that happening or try and put it right. You know, whatever went wrong, that review is an opportunity to, for that, uh, for that to be put right. So when, when I, I guess it's how would you respond to a negative review? The, I have to say it's not common for us. Which is a good thing, um, but I would just advise to never ignore it. You know, it's it's just not okay to ignore it. Um, you want to make contact. You want to try and contact the client, see what's happened. What can you do to turn that around? Um, and uh, rather than just accepting it, um, and, and you know, often often enough, it's it's something small that didn't happen that they wanted to happen, or something that um, went that happened that sh that shouldn't have. And, you know, you can generally rectify it. So I think it's always good to respond to negative reviews. And, you know, you unfortunately, you can't please everyone all the time. You can do your best. Um, and sometimes it's, it's not quite enough, but it, it should be generally enough for most uh, most clients if you are doing your best. And if you get a negative review, I wouldn't um, I wouldn't not take it personally. You know, it, it, it is upsetting. And uh, that just shows that you actually care. Um, and, and contact and see, see what you can do to put it right is my advice. Right. Um, yeah, I think that's a good point that if, if there are people that get negative reviews and they're not affected by it, <laughs> the question is, are they even like, do they even want to be a dentist or they even care about being a dentist? In which case there's probably a much bigger issue that is leading to those negative reviews, um, because they're just not invested in that. So I think that's an interesting, um, point that you made. How often do you have patients come in, uh, you do the consultation or the, you know, present the treatment plan and they decide not to move forward? Does that happen frequently? Thankfully, it doesn't happen frequently for us. Um, you know, I think it's different where people are seeking out to find myself or, or our clinic and then they're coming to see us. They, they kind of, they already kind of have a have an expectation of kind of what what they they want and what we provide and and that kind of thing. So it is it is rarer, but yeah, of course, sometimes sometimes it happens. You know, sometimes circumstances change and someone doesn't want to go ahead with something or or um, or there's there's some reason. Uh, so it, it it does happen very rarely um, for us, which is you know we're thankful for. Um, but uh, but yeah, it does happen on occasion. In in those situations, um, have you guys ever had a scenario where someone still wanted to leave a review or you've asked the patient to leave a review 
um, even though they didn't actually go through treatment, but they just appreciated your honesty or your, you know, analysis of the case or something like that? That's a really, um, that's a good question. I think, you know, we would generally ask our review for a review um, when we have built up a bit of a rapport with a patient, um, with a client, and it becomes less about, you know, this is what I was saying about we, we shouldn't focus on just getting the review. It's not mm. about just getting the review. It's got to be genuine. It's got to be heartfelt. It's got to be, you know, really powerful. Uh, and, and if we just focus on just trying to get a review in, we're going to end up with a lot of low quality reviews. Um, and actually that isn't, isn't what we want. So I guess it depends on how much contact you have with the patients. I mean, if they are midway through, potentially maybe they've seen some specialists and then they decide to delay some other treatment, then, you know, if you've got the contact with the patient, then sure, ask for a review. But it's pretty hard to ask someone for a review if you're never going to see them again. Right, right. With the, um, trust pilot system that you guys use does it allow you is there any sort of uh, filtering or does it provide an opportunity for you to respond before it immediately goes live yeah it's um immediately live so there's no uh, you know chance to kind of intervene or 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 try and modify anything in any way it's you know that's the power of a review and that it becomes non-genuine if you have that um kind of ability i think it's it's better to uh, get what you're doing in your practice in your office right and then uh, allow the patient to go go straight through. But I, the benefit potentially of that kind of system would be that if there is someone who's dissatisfied with something, it gives you the opportunity to actually put that right. You know, if you, if you care enough to do that, then you'll put it right. Um, and it's, it's a good, possibly a, a good uh, kind of system to have to allow that to be the to, to be in play. Um, we don't have that uh, ability. Um, and, you know, in some occasions, maybe it would be good if someone is a bit dissatisfied, we can, we can rectify that um, before a review goes live. But, you know, it, it's, it's got to be genuine. It's got to be real. Um, right. I think that's more. And that's one of the things that I always, um, I, I feel like the reason I ask that is because there are systems out there and I believe they call it a review gate. So there's like a, they try to catch the bad reviews before they get out to the web. We do not do that. Um, I'm actually very against it for the reasons that you stated, but I, I really like that Google and Yelp and Facebook, um, they actually, pro they prohibit that in their terms of service for exactly the reason that you said, which is it, um, it takes away the legitimacy of a review when the pay, when the consumer finds out that the business owner can filter or hide or take away or address negative reviews without them being made public it's only in my opinion it's only a matter of time before that gets out to the consumer and then they don't trust the platform anymore and the other thing is I, I agree with what you're saying, and this maybe is, I'm sure this is how those companies sell those softwares as, you know, it gives you the opportunity to address, um, you know, an unhappy patient. But the reality is that you can address a negative review on Google just the same way. And then you could ask them if you resolve the situation to go and, and change that review. And that has, that does happen, you know? So I just feel like, um, at least from my perspective, as a consumer, um, 
if I knew that there was a platform that allowed for that sort of filtering, I would not, uh, I wouldn't trust it at all. And it's only the people that do trust it. I feel like just may not know that that's an option. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I entirely agree with you. You know, it's on one hand, you want a, a certain quantity of reviews, but you have to have quality that that is absolutely key. Um, and, and, you know, we're, we're in a profession where people trust us. Um, we must never, um, uh, kind of betray that in any way at all. Mm. Um, and then I think the last question, uh, that I always just love getting perspective from various dentists on right now, you're in a place where you have a significant number of reviews. Um, but if you were placed in a practice, that brand new, just opened, they had virtually no presence or reputation prior to you starting. What What is like the steps that you would take to start building up those reviews? Like what's step one, step two, step three? So, you know, I think it's the same as what I mentioned about like a new member of staff coming into the office. So it's the same kind of thing. Again, it's focusing on figuring out what your goals in your practice might be. So say, look, uh, we want to be really good at this or we want to achieve this and we want to we make these this number of patients happy. Um, and then just do the best you can do to try and achieve those goals. Forget about the reviews um, to begin with. Just try and make a difference. Try and do the right thing. Try and create an experience. And once that is there, then start to train the staff on the verbal skills, I suppose, on, on saying, look, when patients are expressing how happy they are, um, ask them uh, if they don't mind sharing that. And that then becomes um, something that is just inherent and, and just continues going on and on. Um, so that, that's what I would really say is focus on what you're doing and make sure you're doing it really, really well. Reviews are not there to try and fool people to coming in to see you. Um, they're there to show how, how good you genuinely are. So if we focus just on getting the re positive reviews, but you don't, you don't focus on making sure the clinical work is up to scratch or the experience is up to scratch. You're using the best ceramics, you're using the best materials, you're, you are yourself being educated in, in the, in the field that you're working on more and more and investing in your education. If those things are not there, then all you're doing is fooling patients to come and see you by putting out some positive reviews of some kind. Mm. Now, once you get yourself up to scratch, then patients will be happy and it will be a natural process, which will just require very, very simply asking your staff to be very aware of when to ask for the review. Um, and I think that's really the, the way it should go around. Uh, and I think there are a lot of dentists who are doing really, really great stuff, but um, just haven't got that bit in. But there's probably a lot of dentists who are focusing just on the review, but neglecting actually what work they're doing. Um, so I think that is that is key. I love that. Yeah, I think that that's truthfully, if you were somehow able to focus, you know, like if someone was, um, whether it's malicious or not, but they're trying to just bolster their number of reviews. And I would say that'd be an inorganic way. It's only a matter of time before you know, I look up Dr. Johnson and he's got uh, 500 five-star reviews and I go in and I'm not that impressed. 
it's only a matter of time before the consumers begin leaving negative reviews because of that very reason. The I would like if I'm to rephrase what you're saying, there is a order that you should be approaching things. And step one is you've got to be providing a good experience. If you're not, like you why like you're you may get reviews in the short term, but it's only going to be short lived because it won't be long before someone, a, a consumer, sniffs that out and realizes what is going on. Like this is, you know, it could be yeah. something as crazy as there. They don't need there's there's holes in the furniture. Like it's not they yeah. just aren't taking care of their practice. So I, I think that's a good point. Yeah. Step one is get your own house in order first. Make sure that yeah. you're doing a good job, and then you know maybe start asking after that. Yeah, exactly. And the, you know the initial reviews will be difficult because it's just a little bit uh, new it's like anything you introduce a new uh, a new system into your practice and everyone's going to take a little bit of time to adjust to that um, and it's just the same with asking for the reviews you know initially it might be a bit difficult um, and then you know it will just flow and it will grow and then the, the challenge becomes avoiding complacency avoiding um, you know it not being on, on a priority so that then comes later on right right now I'm going to jump over to the question that we had from a user on Instagram. Dr. Stephen Mullen had a question for you in the last, um, or his question is, how do you see yourself growing professionally in the next five years? And who would you say your biggest influencers have been in the past five years? That's a good question. Um, it's, uh, it's a complicated one to answer for regard to the next five years. I think, you know, what, a, what I want to achieve for cosmetic dentistry is, is I want to put UK cosmetic dentistry on the map. Um, you know, we have incredible dentists, we have incredible ceramists, we have, uh, incredible educators in the UK and we should be world renowned for our cosmetic dentistry, whether we are or not at the moment. And that is something that I want to personally put out there and say, look, this is the kind of stuff we do. Um, this is the kind of stuff I teach. This is the kind of stuff that everybody can, can, can be doing and doing really, really well. So for me, it's about getting us on the map. And, and I think that that is what from, for the UK, that's what we need for myself personally. Um, I'm obsessed with uh, trying to, be as good as possible in achieving the kind of cosmetics that our patients demand and getting our process even even more efficient um, and quick and um, and high quality so um, you know it's going to be it's going to be an exciting few years we've got a lot of big projects planned um, which you know Stephen has asked a question well, no doubt we'll, we'll see see us uh, uh, going through you know online on social media and that sort of thing but it's um it's basically about doing more of the same more more um uh, creating more smiles for patients and and, and making sure we're, we're the best at it uh, that we can be um uh, and that's it when it comes to my um my uh inspiration is that the, what it was or influence Influence. Uh, who who has been your biggest influence or influencers yeah. in the last five years? You know, it's I, I worked uh, in a practice where I had an incredible mentor who who taught me a lot, and that is what I would say is that it's difficult to 
uh, pinpoint individuals. I think there's always people that you um, you know want to be like or people that you um, kind of see uh, as inspiration. The main thing that inspired me is seeing dentists within the BACD, the British Academy of Cosmetic Dentistry, you know, consistently achieving good uh, cosmetic results, consistently learning, um, consistently educating, and, and you know, the values that kind of we, we kind of uh, adhere to um, mean that we are as good as we can be. Our patients get the best experience and the best treatment they can get. Um, and that, has, you know, the BACD and the dentists within that have probably been my biggest inspiration. In fact, they have been my biggest inspiration over the past, well, since I graduated and before that, actually. Um, I uh, have always wanted to do this sort of dentistry to create the best possible smile and that, that sort of thing. Um, and like I said earlier, it's an obsession of mine. You know, it's what I just want to go in every day and do. Um, and so, uh, that, that is my, um, kind of goal over the next, next kind of five years is to, is to just, uh, you know, put ourselves on the map, I guess. That's awesome. <clears throat> well, uh, the last question for the, this is also for myself. One thing I like is getting resources, um, whether it's book recommendations, um, people that you follow on social media or podcasts that you listen to. Um, do you have any recommendations of resources that have been particularly impactful um, that people could go, you know, find online and listen to or utilize themselves? Yeah, you know, I buy a lot of books. <laughs> How many of them I read is another question. Um, <laughs> I buy books that are, you know, designed to focus your mind into thinking in the right way. So, you know, when I am focusing on something, if I'm focusing on a project to do with, with, with my practice or to do with um, my education or, or my course that we're running or whatever it might be, I want to just totally um, to block out all the distractions. Um, and we've got to focus on the task. We've got to focus on what we're doing. Um, and so I generally will buy books um, that have a kind of element of, of that sort of element of communication, element of achievement and, and that sort of thing. Uh, and there's so many out there. Um, a dental book, I'd probably say Larry Rosenthal's book, Open Wider, is pretty cool. Um, and that, um, that could be one that maybe dentists might want to read. Um, as for podcasts, I haven't, I wouldn't say there's one that stands out for me. Um, and books wise, it's probably something I'll come back to you on once I've had a look at my bookshelf and seen what I bought and haven't read. <laughs> um, um, you know, I don't know whether I, I do, I do find that there are a lot of books out there that are really, really great to help. And I read one recently, which was the, the magic of um, the power of, of yes, or the, the magic of saying yes, something like that um, about communication. And ultimately the, the, they're saying the same things, you know, it's about, being a good communicator, being being a good leader, um, and and doing the right thing, and doing that consistently, and not wavering from that. And I think that whatever books you might read, whatever podcasts you might read, that might improve that for you. Um, that's probably my advice on that. Is just the best um, the best resources that are out there. Um, I mean, this podcast, for example, I think would might might be useful. 
for people who, who are thinking about reviews or just want some sort of a bit of a career kind of uh, talk about career, career in dentistry, that sort of thing. So there's, I generally will buy books or read, read articles more so written by people that are on that kind of pathway of achievement. And uh, I think that's really, really important. You know, in, in, you want to surround yourself with, you're the sum of the five people around you. And I think that goes for kind of what you put in, into your, into your brain in the sense of what you read, what you watch and, and, and uh, things like that. So it's got to, you've got to just be consistent with that and, and not waver on that sort of thing. I'm so glad that we got to end the episode on you saying that quote, because I am, I, that is my obsession. Um, and I, I don't, I think this is what you meant, but you're the average of the five people you spend the most yeah, time with. True. That's um, what I mean. The yeah. sum would be nice. That'd be sweet if I could just add up everybody and become yeah, them. Yeah, you are. And you know, that's, that's one of the reasons why my answer to the question of who was my influence or inspiration is actually the British Academy of Cosmetic Dentistry. Because when I joined as a, as a student, um, I wanted to surround myself with people that are, you know, gonna, going to help me grow um, and help me turn into who I want to turn into. Right. And that is, um, that is, that goes for everything, socializing, professional um, uh, people who, who might be around. Uh, and it, and it's definitely true. Yeah. I love that. Well, Dr. Jethwa, thank you so much. Um, it was really enjoyable doing this with you. How can people get in touch with you? someone hears something or they want to ask you a question, what is your preferred method of contact? So best way is probably via Instagram. So my Instagram handle is at dr.samjethwa. That's D-R.S-A-M-J-E-T-H-W-A. That's probably the best way. Okay, perfect. Okay. We'll put that on there for him. All right, well, thanks again, and uh, we will be in touch. No, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much. All right. Well, thank you everybody for joining us. Hopefully you found this information helpful. If there is something in particular that you found valuable on this podcast, uh, we'd love to hear your feedback or comments. And I also would encourage you to reach out to the doctors that we interview. They take um, time out of their day to come on and do this. And it would be great to just share with them the, the nuggets of information or wisdom that you pull away from this. And again, just a quick shout out to our sponsor, Sky Media, that's S-K-E-Y-E. They are a digital marketing company that focuses in the dental specialty world. So they work with endodontists and oral surgeons primarily. If you know an oral surgeon or an endodontist in that field, send them to Sky Media. Their website is S-K-E-Y-E dot media. And as always, connect with us on Instagram at Boolean Review or on our website, BooleanReview.com. We'd be happy to engage with you, give you a demo of the software if you're interested. And um, of course, we'd love having you continue to engage with our podcast. So thank you very much. Welcome to Boolean Review Podcast, where the highest rated dentists in the country tell us exactly how they do it.